0: Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Pathways to Presence. Uh, This month's episode, we David Morrison and I are talking about solitude and uh, what that has looked like throughout our lives and how it has affected our spiritual growth. But before we get into that, thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background right now. Thank you to Danny West for the editing and sound engineering. Uh, If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruined.com. DRCRpod is the other place you can hear um, some of our episodes. Also, we are taking a hiatus for the month of July. Um, As everyone might know, but at this point, we hit our Kickstarter goal and David is going to focus his time and energy on finishing up editing that and um, moving the process along so we will be back uh, either the last week of July or the first week of August so we will keep you posted Uh, if you enjoy what you hear please tell a friend Uh, we have quite the backlog of episodes we appreciate you and let's get into it Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Um, Morrison. Hola, sir. The great and powerful author (laughs) known as David Morrison. Um, Today we are jumping back into, uh, when this one releases, um, they'll actually, we're doing Jonathan, we did Jonathan Steele and uh, David Riefenberg, back to back, and now we're jumping back into the Pathways to Presence series
1: yeah appreciate those two coming in
0: yeah great uh being
1: vulnerable it's hard to do this yeah i mean to come in for someone to come in and just tell their story well
0: and and not only just tell their story but to to open up and actually talk about some of the vulnerable stuff like they both did
1: yeah yeah
0: you know it's easy it's easy to tell the surface level story because you don't have you know it's just just the facts man yeah yeah. But to go a little bit deeper than that and and explore some some topics, so um, I appreciate everyone that's come on here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and done that, but um, so today, this we're in June. I feel very confused this morning. <laughs> it's the anniversary
1: of my triple bypass surgery today. I believe so, tenth so or the eleventh. I don't remember. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. <sighs> And they kind of call it a happy birthday. (laughs) They try to put a positive spin on We just cut your (laughs) sternum in half. Happy birthday. Here's a red (laughs) pillow to hug when you're in excruciating pain.
0: Well, it's funny, too, because in this chapter, he kind of not, I mean, not in the same way, but he kind of like tries to put a positive twist on the dark night of the soul.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, there's no positive. It's there. like, eh. You it, got to put John of the Cross in context too. The man was tortured and put in a dungeon. Right. You know, there's some uh, psychological effects to these kinds of things. Dramas. For sure. But it's
0: funny. I mean, the you know, the, he's not the only one. There's New Age people that that at least they talk about the Dark Night of the Soul. Right. But they're still, still like that. It. There's still like that like self-healing like yeah you know just trudge through it sort of yeah, mentality yeah. which is like eh, maybe maybe not anyways all that to being said uh solitude is this month's uh topic yeah um last last month we uh covered simplicity and and i feel like this almost just sort of naturally rolls into solitude so pretty much how we jump off or start off with all these topics but that what what is um your relationship been maybe, maybe an early, your early life. Mm-hmm. And then sort of how it's evolved in and around solitude. Cause I know, I know it's been part of your, your walk.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't know. You, just when you said that, I just had two memories. that just popped up kind of crazy. Uh, didn't even plan. <laughs> <laughs> I think it shows. <laughs> I remember uh, this must've been preschool, you know, or daycare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to crave finding like a cabinet or something I, after, you know, there was just a point where I just had enough of right. play and toys and <laughs> the smell of urine in the air and Kool-Aid stickiness. And, you know, even being four years old, three years old. And I remember uh, they were looking for me. Oh, wow. I'm like where the hell he disappeared? Because I was chilling out in a cabinet. That's just, amazing. And I enjoyed it. You was know? it
0: in the classroom or did you have to like?
1: Yeah, in the classroom kind of thing and uh and so uh yeah, and I would also seek uh time out,
0: mm. which was
1: punishment. So I would For some <laughs> Yeah, so I would do something crazy. There's that silliness. I remember uh uh in preschool, uh they were teaching us how to do something with peanut butter and they had a plastic spoon. Right. And they were teaching us how to stir it and then it accidentally broke and I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. So when it was my turn to stir I broke it on purpose. <laughs> and so they said you go to timeout and I realized I enjoyed the timeout. Okay. And then the other one was I got to break something and <laughs> yeah, have some time exactly. alone. I got to laugh and be alone. <laughs> Good night. You've been a great Good audience. Night now. <laughs> Tip your waiter, waiters and waitresses. Uh And then I do have a memory of in childhood again and you know my poor my poor mother Three boys and a husband, uh, a jock husband. Can you imagine? <laughs> Three crazy boys. You know, it was a lot like Malcolm in the Middle, <laughs> that old show. Right. So there was a lot of obviously fighting and mm. loud uh, you know, noises. Uh, you know, just that kind of thing. And, right. And I remember one of them. I, I was always on. I always felt I was on the losing end of all the arguments mm. and fights and.
0: Were you, you were the middle? Yeah, yeah I was so Malcolm yeah. in the middle, yeah.
1: like the middle finger. He's offensive <laughs> and offended. And so I don't know. I just, there's some sort of blow up in the family. Mm. I don't know. I fighting with my brothers. I don't know what right. it was, but my mom went off to the store probably to get the hell away from right. us. Uh, it was a store called Fed Mart. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is the 1970s. Uh, so I guess it was for, uh, I don't know what it was. For federal employees or something, I don't know. <laughs>
0: federal rallies. It was up the
1: street, and and it was a grocery store. But she came back. I guess she realized I was unjustly mm. uh, on that on the wrong end of that argument. I lost, you know, right, right and, she, right, and I shouldn't have lost, but that's just the way it goes, right? Uh, all three of you getting punished, you know, kind yeah. of thing. It was just easier. She just punished all three of us, right. <laughs> And she came back with this little wooden plaque, a decoupage kind of. It had a. Uh, I wish I had it today. I lost it. Uh, it was a little, tiny little, like the size of a postcard, mm. and it had a uh, a photo decoupage into the wood right. of a uh, sunrise and a boat, a, a rowboat, right uh, at the shore. Have I told this story before? No, no, oh, no okay. No. And it and it had a quote from Henry David Thoreau that said, I've never found a companion so companionable mm. as mm. solitude. And being a child, I read that and I, I just, I didn't understand it. Right,
0: right, right. Cognitively. Right. But it resonated. But something, yeah, it was, it was like,
1: uh, since we're in the 70s, I was like uh, Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters of a Third Kind, looking at the mashed potatoes, <laughs> saying, this means something. <laughs> I don't know what, but it, it's, this is important. Uh, that kind of thing. And so that was probably my earliest experience of solitude and, and interesting the, and seeking it out
0: well and just to clarify you might have shared that story before okay but i don't remember you sharing it so okay apologies so I, don't, I don't think you have but for the listeners out there that are like
1: no episode 20 you talked about this already <laughs> at, at two minutes and 13 seconds into it
0: um oh that's interesting so that i mean and how old do you think you were when the that wooden plaque
1: probably seven or eight years old. So just a
0: few years older than the the kindergarten or preschool thing. That's really interesting. Cause for me, I didn't think about it necessarily while I was going through the chapter, but when I think it was Tuesday, we looked up what the next topic was going to be for this series. And um, it made me think of my time on the submarine because it's, it's a weird, weird environment where you're constantly around people But there's also this, um, these times of solitude Mm. uh, that just kind of naturally occur. Like, you can just kind of sense when someone else wants to be left the fuck alone on a submarine. (laughs) And if you're feeling, you know, uh, you know, a little wild, you might go, you know, you might go poke. But there there was still like this understanding of like, there was certain play there. So, not to bore the listeners too much, but. On a submarine, there's a a battery, a huge battery. The batteries are like three or four feet tall. Wow. It's at the bottom of the submarine. It's it's like the emergency, like the last ditch effort. Like if we need power, we're going battery power. Blah blah blah. And to get into it, there was there was a hatch that almost looked. It was like a square um, manhole. So it was, it it kind of resembled a manhole, but it, instead of being a round metal thing, it was it was sort of a a, oh. a square that. Literally one person could fit through at a time, but where it was at at the bottom of the submarine, it was kind of like this little, um, little place for solitude. Like al- almost what, oh, uh, interesting. Uh, what's his name talked about as far as like trying to cultivate a space, whether it's in your house, ha- I think he says like in your oh, garage yeah, right. or like yeah. find a place, you know, whether it's, you know, after hours at an office or something yeah. or, open church but um when someone sometimes people would be sitting there um writing and you would just kind of know like if if someone's sitting there it's probably good to leave them alone and um you know and so this this idea of solitude that that was my first memory like and it was before i had any you know um concept of what what solitude might be or the importance of it or needing it but you know there's something about being locked up for 40 plus days right. with the same people and still needing that like outlet of quote-unquote being a being in time out
1: right right you
0: know and that was really my first memory of uh wanting to encounter embrace solitude at times so and during the same time frame going to the beach by myself hmm. I would sometimes do that, you know, wake up early or, or something, or yeah. maybe later in the afternoon and be like, I'm, I'm driving to the beach and, and just go for long drive. Even now long drives or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. drives, Big time. Yeah. So how is that? So kind of going from being a kid and realizing the importance of solitude for yourself And then sort of evolving to today of like, what, what does solitude mean to you in the present, present moment, you know?
1: Well, it's, so time out has become time in, I guess, for me, it's become my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and when, when I say solitude, I mean, silence as well. Those are the Mm -hmm. same. So, um, so I know it began to bother me in my, probably my teenage years. At a, in our house, the TV was always on, mm. you know, as soon as someone got up, they turned the TV on. Interesting. Uh, now it's the computer, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, well now it's the cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rolling over and looking at your cell phone first thing.
1: <laughs> and I've traveled with people in, you know, in hotel rooms and, mm. and, uh, you know, the, my roommate would immediately turn the TV on first mm. thing in the morning. And I realized it was so offensive to my senses, you know, um, mm. uh, and so, yeah, so it's a permeating reality in my life, silence and solitude. Uh, to put more, I guess, a spiritual language to it would be uh, you're, you're giving, you're experiencing the presence of God. And, and I would go as far as to say that when the silence touches you and you, and you surrender to silence and solitude, you, it's, that experience literally is the presence of God mm. around you. Uh, and, it, and it can transform you. That's where the real change comes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like Richard Foster said, uh, we use words. Words and language are our main way to manipulate people, mm. to be in control of a situation.
0: Or justify a situation, which yeah. is another thing you talked about.
1: Exactly. So if we uh, voluntarily surrender our words, and that and that means even just the constant chatter in our heads, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it takes years to... To learn to manage that and to flow with it, that kind of thing. Uh, but you're practicing the surrender of choosing not to be a manipulative human being, and so that's a powerful thing. And it transforms you into a servant, transforms you into uh, someone that's actually might be helpful to others. You know. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and the the fun. I mean, you and I have joked about it that we could rename this podcast um, to Silence and Service. Yeah, because it seems like it always like loops back just about yeah. every one of our conversations kind of loops back to that. Um, and so reading this this uh, chapter today um, reminded me of that, you know, because um, I guess the two things that sort of stuck out, you know, shifting to that spiritual aspect of it was. um, I guess I knew this, but just sort of it being laid out so so uh, so well as um Jesus initiating his his ministry in 40 days of solitude right and then ending right before he goes to the to be crucified in the garden of gethsemane yeah. also in solitude right right and and you know and, and foster marks out a bunch of other times right. where there's solitude sprinkled throughout his life but begin the, the beginning and the end both had that same thread exactly. of solitude you know and and um and the second thing that sort of jumped out to me was um i can't remember exactly how it was uh said but basically laying out that you can accompany like it doesn't necessarily have to be a silent retreat on your own to experience solitude right. that you can actually go through the day, uh, with, with the typical noise and bluster, but using that noise and bluster as a, you're, you're li- basically listening with your heart, right? Like yeah. using that, that sort of stuff to be as, uh, I think he says like, uh, listening to it with, uh, so God's talking to you or something like that. And, and just really focusing on the listening side of solitude and silence, um, which I'm not, that's one thing I'm not very, I'm not very good at, you know, I do, I, which I think he also lays out that, you know, silence and solitude retreats are important,
1: Right. but sometimes
0: in my mind, I get into that black and white. It's like, I'm either on retreat doing silent solitude, which I'll, you know, I'll do from time to time, or I'm going about my day not in silence and solitude. Right. You know, and those, those, those two things I think really jumped out to me during the reading, as far as this idea of solitude and, and maybe different, different looks at it. Yeah. Within the importance of it.
1: Well, cause you could be physically alone in a quiet space. It doesn't mean you've mm-hmm. experienced solitude and actual silence. It takes a while mm-hmm. for the chatter in your head, or as the Buddhists call it, the monkey mind, uh, you know where where your thoughts are just jumping from tree to tree, so to speak, and just mm-hmm. constantly, or a kitten kitten mind. Uh, <laughs> you know about you know, that. Yeah, recently. yeah like they're fighting, falling asleep. You know, and, and they fall asleep, and then you find them, their head is in their dish. You know, kind of thing, because they just passed out. So your your thoughts are that way, and then mm. and you're not actually alone. You know, because you're arguing with people in your head, people that you have conflict with people that you want conflict with mm. uh and you're and you're you know i should have said that mm-hmm. you know oh i could say this uh there's there's the accusations that, that are in your head uh condemnations and from uh the ego and the religious mm-hmm. ego uh accusing you so there's all those things uh that have to settle down you know it's almost like watching a a, a tempest and a teapot kind of thing and eventually it it settles down, you know, and so uh, and and if you have uh, issues with anxiety and and that kind of thing, it could be very difficult, you know, mm-hmm. chasing that tiger. I remember our daughter when she was a real young kid uh, said, I-, "I don't know how to turn my brain off." She would mm-hmm. say that, you know, "I don't know how to turn my brain off," and so. So there's so there's all kinds of issues like that, and yeah, and as a society, everything is designed it seems to keep us from being still, being quiet, uh, and being alone, right? Well, and even
0: there's a famous, and this might be urban urban legend, but a famous quote from the I think it was the Netflix CEO that said their biggest competitor was sleep. Wow, you know what I mean? So if you, if so, even you know, so if you take it one level you know, people are going to sleep. Yeah. But then if you think of like the level we're talking about where it's like, you kind of got to make room for solitude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like sleep eventually will come. Yeah. But if you're like thinking of like, okay, I need to cut out even just five minutes, you know, in a day for yeah. silence and solitude. Um, Like you said, we have so many, there's so many things battling for yeah. our time and our attention that it's, it's tough.
1: Yeah. I think it was Blaise Pascal said all of humanity's, troubles which that's it's kind of a an exaggeration i think sure. <laughs> the marxists would like to have a word Over, uh,
0: overstated a bit uh, yeah but, it's but. an
1: overstatement but but definitely true of the modern condition which is uh most of humanity's problems stem from the inability to just sit still alone in a room mm. uh and, and again yeah there's a lot of other problems stemming from of course but of but course, that's of yeah but that's a big that's a big factor for sure.
0: So and uh, so th- I'm gonna play uh, sort of check the other other side, but some of the stuff we're sounding talking about sounds kind of lonely. Yeah. And so what what has been your experience because um, that is one of the things that's pointed out there's a there's a distinct difference yeah between loneliness and solitude. Right, um, where you can be in solitude and and have that loneliness, right? And I mean, I know there's been times in my life where I've been in a group of people, right? Felt lonely, you know. And so, what what has been your experience with those two different ideas that might get confused as far as loneliness yeah. and solitude?
1: Yeah, loneliness in my my experience of loneliness mm-hmm. is usually with a group of people, and I have nothing mm-hmm. seemingly nothing in common with them, or my value system is completely different from theirs, and and I feel inferior, or, or even an attempt is made to make me feel inferior. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, there's, there's a loneliness there. Uh, you know, I've lost that sense of community with the church of my origin. And so there's a loneliness there. I don't speak their language when I hear that language.
0: When you say your church of origin, do you mean vineyard stuff or Catholic stuff? Yeah, or, more or of both. the charist,
1: both probably. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, when they when they say things like, you know, uh, the, the the Christianese language. Okay. And Catholics have their own kind of version of that, too. Right. Uh, but when they say things like, you know, um, the enemy is trying to keep you from— the enemy is doing this and that, you know, it's just, uh, it's an isolating experience. It's like, Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, and, and their intentions are good. It, it kind of stems from, I remember I was 17 and I was just, went to one of these meetings, uh, one of the early charismatic kind of meetings and this man, he meant well, but he sat next to me and he said, "Uh, uh you know, so he said, are you feeling, sad or something and I was like no I feel kind of lonely and and then he goes uh well you know it's not on God's end it's on your <laughs> end and I'm like well thank you professor uh and so there is like you accusing know, you for <laughs> yeah it's on your it's your, your problem it's not God it's not God and so and there is and you know and he meant well and all that and uh but that is the sentiment amongst right. most religious people they're so terrified that god might abandon someone and not it may, the religious experience that they've had may not work for others uh because uh they're terrified of that yeah and um and so yeah so that's a very lonely isolating kind of experience uh but it's actually solitude that i have found transforms my loneliness mm. and removes the veil of my isolation because that's a that's that's a delusion that you're, right. that you're, that you're isolated separate. and alone, right. that you're separate. That's, that's not, that's a, uh, a perception, uh, an erroneous perception. Because um, you can go outside and look at the moon if, if it's there at that time, <laughs> if it's in that phase, you know, visible phase. Uh, and there are millions of people looking at that same moon, and you're connected just from that.
0: Well, or even with the same thing of stepping outside, just looking at a plant. Right. Right. And thinking about the CO2 I'm discharging. Right. Is sustaining that plant's life in yeah. exchange. Not even in exchange, it'll do it regardless. Right. Exactly. But in in sort of this connectedness, the, the, the oxygen the plant is releasing yeah. is feeding me. And, and and so on and so forth. Yeah,
1: so it's not a plant that I'm separate from anymore. It's yeah. I'm in relationship. You know, like the native american saying when they, when they exit the uh the uh sweat ho- uh, the sweat lodge, they'll say they'll say all my relations. Yeah, to all my relations. You know, and yeah. so that means it could mean a lot bigger than just your own specific tribe and family and friends, but all my relations.
0: Well, they, and they even talk about past and present exactly and, and everything every in between. living thing the rocks
1: right. the dirt you're you're in relationship with these mm-hmm. things and so yeah and and to sort
0: of um springboard off this idea of loneliness because and we, we alluded to it at the very beginning but I I do think it it um, it's an important thing to look at because it, it can be a pretty tough thing to walk through but this idea of a dark night of the of the soul yeah you know what i mean and and a perceived loneliness. so the guy you know sitting next to him being like it's not on god's it's yeah. not on god's end but when you're going through something really tough or really uh difficult whether it's like you know ending of a relationship or maybe a death or medical um thing it this idea of dark night of the soul can be pretty broad. So I don't, you right. know, I mean, I do want to acknowledge that, but sake for conversation, we kind of got to narrow it down. Right. But those dark times, those tough times can seem extremely lonely.
1: Yeah. That could be a result of a spiritual dark night of the soul.
0: Right. And so, so maybe you could speak on how give credence to, it's not on God's end yeah. when we're going through a dark night of the soul, right? Like it's not God punishing us.
1: No. Um,
0: uh, but that, that feeling of loneliness and, uh, just darkness can, can seem overwhelming at times and, and kind of maybe your experience with being able to walk through that, that dichotomy or that paradox.
1: Yeah. It's, so it's a very confusing thing. And, uh, I, I, uh, I would recommend Barbara Brown Taylor, her book *Learning to Walk in the Dark*. She has an entire mm. chapter on the dark night of the soul, for, as as given by the Spanish mystic John of the Cross in the 1500s. Uh, it's a very misunderstood concept. The and, dark night of the soul. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. people think it's it's you're going through adversity and it's not that you might be going through adversity Mm -hmm. and you might be in a dark night of the soul. You might be going through a time of good fortune Mm -hmm. and be in a dark night of the soul. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. It has nothing to do with your emotional state. So you might be clinically depressed or, or in a anxious manic state Mm -hmm. and in a dark night of the soul, or you may be in a, in a stable emotional state and still be in a dark. night. So it has nothing to do with, with feelings, uh, it's it's more a part of the the mystical tradition the mystical journey of of that people have written down and so uh so often you know you start off the spiritual journey there is no god you start that way uh and then you realize there is a god mm. there's some sort of an awakening that occurs some call it born, being born again right uh and aa the sp- they would call it awakening. an awakening yeah uh yeah. And you realize there is a God, and I'm not that God. Mm. Uh, and then, so then you go into uh, the classical word is purgation, okay, which means cleansing of your soul. You go through a process of how asking the question, how can I be in right relationship mm. with this God? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and so and you can go into all kinds of quagmires right. doing that and going through that. Which uh, which
0: is why having a community. Around you to support you. Yeah. to tell you, is this important is important. Yeah. It's just process. a bad
1: acid trip. You're going to get through. <laughs> you yeah. Gotta think. Yeah. How to hold their divine liquor, so to speak. And then, and then you break through into an illuminative experience. So that was the, that's usually the classical second illumination. Mm. And that's where you feel consolation and you feel alive. Mm. You feel the presence of God, uh, burning. And, and it's, and it is with all your faculties, mm. uh, and and you read the scriptures and they come alive for you and you go to meetings and you enjoy everybody there. And then it begins to dry up right. and you're invited to go into, to leave the illuminative stage and go into, uh, the, what they call the unitive. And that entrance is the dark night of the soul. So the things that you could perceive God with that gave you comfort, that gave you power, that gave you, uh, a sense of love and connectedness is stripped away from you. Mm. And it's, and it feels like I'm far away from, there's a lot of talk in that in charismatic. I'm far away from the Lord or I'm close to the Lord. Uh, but in this case, you don't even know what far and near is anymore. <laughs> right. There is no up or down. There is no map to it. Uh, and so the things that used to give you your go-to th- practices of prayer and whatever to study uh, no longer, quote unquote, feed your soul mm-hmm. in that sense. And so, so then you have a choice to make you either turn back, most turn back yeah. and go back and, and they'll like, you know, I'll go find another church or yeah. I'll go f- start another program or I'll do something else. But if you stick with it in that dryness, you realize uh, there's a unitive experience. I, I'm beginning to, ex- to, uh, pray beyond words now mm. i'm beginning to pray beyond emotions i'm praying i'm being yeah. and you enter into a sense of being uh, uh which is a unitive experience uh and it tends to st- at least for me it stabilized a lot of my emotional baggage mm-hmm. so uh and that's that's and i think that's good and bad you know it's uh you know, you just don't get that excited about things yeah. uh, like you used to. You know, I used to be able to play video games and really enter into the story of them and the, gra- the whole the whole th- enjoyment yeah. of it. It doesn't do that for me anymore because, right. and it's because of a unitive experience.
0: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong too, but it 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 also feels like it's uh, it's one of those cyclical things, right? So almost right. like a DNA helix where it's like. Then it comes all back around where, you know, and, yeah. and, and once again, the things that were working for you and that unit of experience get stripped away, Right. you can turn back or you can keep trudging forward. Um, and I love the way.
1: Uh, yeah. It's I- not a linear experience. Yeah. 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 Simultaneous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And, uh, and what you're, what, what you were talking about turning back, right? Like getting to that point and being like, yeah, I can either trudge forward or I can go back to what I thought was working for me. And uh, how Foster put that is, as, uh, was it spiritual goosebumps? Right. Like yeah, I thought that yeah. was a really good description of like, uh, yeah, I want the, I want the.
1: The woo woo factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's the cool part, man. Yeah. But the, but the, not the real work, it's all real work. It's all, yeah. it's all connected. But um, for me, the, the, the uh, most transformative work or the um being able to look back and being appreciative of yeah. of things is 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 those times where I wanted to turn back spiritually right turn right. back and 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 not regress but just go back into the woo-woo feel good stuff right. but I, I I decided the other way right like I for whatever reason that day I chose to to right. do silence again to do do yeah. prayer try to try to um, be with whatever that practice is for the day, because sometimes, you know, sometimes the best I can do is three or four minutes of silence. Right. Like, right. But I chose, you know, I chose those three or four minutes in that moment or, or was, you know, maybe it was grace even, yeah, or it wasn't even me that necessarily chose it, but, but it was part of my walk. So, um,
1: but there is this, yeah, there definitely is this sense in popular Christianity and probably our culture, that if there's any negativity, if there's any negative experience that occurs with a spiritual practice, then it should be shunned. It should be c- considered evil. So if I don't have the woo woo factor, if I'm not excited, if I'm not cheerleading for Jesus, uh, then then they'll use the, they'll beat that verse over your head. Uh, you're lukewarm from the Book of <laughs> Revelation, right? Uh, and God's gonna throw you up and vomit you out, and uh, you've lost your first love. And it's like, no, you've, you've gone to do another stage of, uh, of depth. And, uh, and, it's a, and it's a larger room now that you're navigating through.
0: Well, and I, I think it's for like a, an emotional equivalence. It's like being, you know, if you think about like teenage puppy love. Right. Versus like, you know, I, I, like I think about my grandparents who were married for decades, but still had, they were still in a, a place of love. But it was much different than what you think of as like teenage puppy love.
1: Yeah. My wife and I married uh, in 91 and we knew each other five years before that. So, yeah. And and I have less, we have less words for each other now Mm. because you, when you spend that much time with someone, there's, there's not a lot of words to say, you know, Mm. there's a, it's a, it's a being, it's a presence. Uh, it's, it's, it's that kind of a thing. And so it is with, with the experience with God.
0: Well, it's, it's very interesting too, as far as just being an observer. like I've lived in close proximity with you guys. Damn. Coming up on four years. Holy cow. Wait. Yeah. I moved here in 2018. (laughs) But anyways, the, the real point of like, um, just watching you guys like navigate and interact together is, it's a very interesting thing because it's, it, it is really what you're saying is like, you guys, you can communicate without having to say words or, you know what I mean? Like you're just, you guys are kind of on the, on a similar path together. yeah And I can only imagine it's been, um, because of cultivation of that. It's not, it's not something that just naturally comes right. Like there's still that work part of it. Um, but being, being, whether you guys have agreed upon it verbally or just, you know, through your you know, those un- that unspoken love, it, yeah. it's been quite quite the treat to observe over the last four years. You know, and just sort of seeing a different way of of significant others interacting together. And I'm yeah. sure lots of people do it, right? Like, yeah. just for me, you happen to be, you and, and Marsha happen to be the ones I get to observe with it.
1: Yeah, you still have to do the work of learning how to be kind mm. to each other and, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Um, And so some of the things, uh,
0: that are pointed out, uh, with this idea. So kind of, you know, stepping into, uh, cultivating solitude, right. So beyond loneliness, beyond, you know, not everyone's in a dark night of the soul all the time. Right. Right. So, so for those of us that today, you know, hearing these words, um, maybe i i've never embraced a life of solitude you know or or even attempted you know maybe i i sit in silence right like maybe that's my beginning point of of what silence and solitude might look like but yeah. um as as a practitioner of solitude what are sort of the the beginning paths you would point to for someone today being like, I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I like being on Instagram. I like having Netflix going in the background. I like, you know, you know, the noise of the city or whatever it might yeah. be, but it's like, okay. So if I want to experiment with this idea of, of solitude, what does that, what can that look like? Or what does that mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. I would, I usually encourage people to ask the question, what, why are you avoiding yourself? Mm. Uh, what is it that terrifies you? Because most people are honest about it and they'll say, uh, the idea of being alone for more than half an hour terrifies me. Yep. Lots and lots of people have told me that, uh, other people say it's a waste of time and it's just stupid. Uh, I've had people literally tell me that it's bullshit uh, to my face. Uh, and so, so that's what, I, why are you so afraid to be alone? What is it that you're, you know, you're, you're shutting down? Um, have you ever met yourself? You know, um, right so that that would be some questions some some provoking questions um i i think there's a lot of wisdom with thomas keating's methodology if you will okay. thomas keating the centering prayer movement okay uh their name escapes me what, what is the name of their I don't remember. They, they have he has an organization uh, that he left behind uh outreach contemplative outreach yeah i think and so uh you know his recommendation as and, and which was he did a great service because a lot of the old mystics, even up to Thomas Merton in the 1960s, would refuse to give you a a prayer ABC, mm. you know, any kind of formula or. But a lot of people need that. Right, need especially a, starting. Uh, yeah, give me a YouTube tutorial or something, <laughs> you know. And so Thomas Keating kind of did that in okay. the 80s. Uh, is it is it uh, uh, contemplative outreach? I think yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and his recommendation is, uh, 20 minutes, uh, no more, no more than 20 minutes to some people. 20 minutes is might be a eternity an eternity. So cut it down to 10 minutes. But, but his point is don't go beyond the 20 minutes Mm. because, uh, all kinds of things will begin to happen. (laughs) Uh, there'll be wonderful things, but they can be very wild things and crazy things and, and so I think we did a, a podcast on the on the unloading of your unconsciousness yeah. uh, that he talks about. And so, so yeah, you need someone to spot you. You need people around you uh, that you can trust that aren't going to try to uh, manipulate you, or you know they'll just witness you. Uh, and so, so yeah, keep it, keep it uh, at that. You know. You know, the meditation is also very popular right now as a relaxation method, mm-hmm. and and if you keep it at that level, then it's probably for the best for most people. Um, if you go beyond that, then it's not going to be a relaxing right uh, technique. It's you know you're going to deal with some real you're going to meet some real bad dudes inside of you. Yeah. Uh, you're going to meet you're going to walk through your own imagination and, and the the traumas of your life Mm -hmm. uh, are going to uh, begin to manifest and who knows how they do that. It's a wild thing. And so, so you need to be uh, prepared, you know, for that. And so that's what I I think two went out for the weeds there. So no, 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 that's that, you know, that's
0: kind of what I was talking about, but, um, and two, I, I think, uh, the space is is something that maybe doesn't get talked about, you know? So like setting up, mm, yeah. setting up a place, whether it's in your house or apartment, yeah. um, you know, maybe it's, it's, if the church that you interact with or know of keeps, you know, their sanctuary open during the day or something, yeah. but just, just trying to find a space that is, um, maybe not devoid of noise, because sometimes if you're living in the city, that's just not an option, yeah. but, um, kind of your spot to, yeah. to enter this place of silence um, that feels, for whatever reason, it feels safe for you. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, let your guard down. And once again, it might only be for five minutes. Right. The 20 minutes might seem overwhelming. So it's like, where where can you find a, uh, or cultivate a place that feels safe to just be there for yeah. five, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it might be. That day. Yeah. In that moment.
1: Yeah. Steal away those moments that are already presenting themselves. You know, the shower. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, quick sit in the park or in your car. I, I, you know, we live out here in the desert intentionally, so it's quiet. Um, but there was a, there was a season where uh, I had to be downtown. Interesting. Uh, you know, twice a, twice a month, something like that. Uh-huh. So I would go on a walk walk. You know downtown, right? And the constant noise of the traffic actually mm-hmm. was very enjoyable. Uh, it fed the silence, right? Internally, I, I can't explain it, but there are moments where I'd hear the city breathe. There'd be a actual mm-hmm. pause in all of, you know, you know, I'm walking on a bridge, down below the bridge is I-10, right? <laughs> it's constant try and then at the street level, traffic constantly, and then I would hear the city just pause for just a brief mm-hmm. second. And breathe. That was an amazing thing. Yeah. It's incredible. Miss it. Yeah. I'm just too lazy to get in my car and well, and too poor to pay for the gas <laughs> to to go downtown. Yeah, gas prices. Do that.
0: Gas prices, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Shrinkflation.
1: And <laughs> no one's talking about inflation. The
0: uh, you know, and I think another thing that just came to mind kind of as you uh you were talking about that was was the idea of these seasons yeah you know and 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 to maybe you have been practicing silence or solitude in some way and it quote unquote stops working that's okay like yeah your practice our practice anyone's practice can uh will evolve yeah and ebb and flow and change and and um and that's okay and and you know i, I guess the being aware of that, that it's quote, unquote, not working, but yeah. then, well, how can I shift gears on this? You yeah. Know, like if I was entering silence only in the morning, like maybe, maybe lunchtime is the time yeah. to engage it. Maybe in the evening before you go to bed, um, you know, and, and just being mindful of, of switching it up if need be. Right. If it's feeling like, if you're not getting those quote, unquote, spiritual goosebumps, yeah, yeah. um, that's okay. And you might need to abandon it for some time, right? Yeah, like yeah. Walk maybe, away from it. Yeah, maybe you do need to walk away from it. But to give up on a practice altogether, just because you're not getting the same woo yeah. good feeling that you you were or you expect, that's that's the other yeah. thing that has hurt me in the past. Mm. Is this expecting of I should feel this way after prayer? Right. I should feel this way after silence. I should feel this way after a retreat and luckily today i've done enough of those different things that it's like oh every single one is just a new is just a different experience yeah so being able to let go maybe not all the way but for the most part comparing them right like if i do a two-day silent fast i don't need to compare it to any other fasts or silence i've done in the past yeah um maybe in, in the way to like check in to, to for me, I need to like check my motives. Right. right. Like, am I doing this to get some kind of recognition or some kind of pat on the back? Even yeah. if it's just from myself. Right. Right. Like so, to feed, feed that ego. Um, or am I doing it because it feels like it's part of my spiritual practice yeah. today and, and just what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Don't be like the guy on Curb Your Enthusiasm who Larry David runs into him and he's, he's not speaking because his spiritual director told him to take a vow of silence first. (laughs) And so he lets everyone know that he took this vow of silence. And, you know, and so as Curb uh, does, it just exposes the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. of that kind of spirituality, you know, so.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, (laughs) taking uh, some, any kind of like, quote unquote spiritual vow, right. And then carrying around big signs saying,
1: yeah. I'm a, fasting today. I'm fasting today. <laughs> I'm not talking today. I, uh, I go to CrossFit. <laughs> I'm a vegan. Yeah. It goes, I'm a cyclist. All those virtue <laughs> signals. Uh,
0: so, so I guess um, we still have a little bit of time, but to shift gears a little bit, was there anything from re- revisiting uh, this idea of solitude or silence that sort of jumped out to you either as a reminder of something you had forgot or, or maybe a new outlook or perspective um, on this practice of solitude?
1: No, just the profound connection that there is to when you practice solitude and however you do it, it really is connected to a greater compassion that will open up mm. in your, in your life. And so Uh, and, uh, I, I, I'm thinking I'm, I butcher the quote. I think it's Annie Dillard, but, but I'm not butchering it. I'm probably adding my own thing, but basically how you spend your, your moments Mm. is how you spend your life. And I think that's what she said. And so, uh, but I would add how you enter into your own solitude. How do you spend time with yourself is really how you're spending time with everyone else. Mm. Uh, and so if you're present to yourself, then you're present to the presence of God, uh, the Christ within you, then you're going to be present to those around you. Yeah. And if you're not present to the people around you, what good are you anyway? Yeah. Uh, even if your heart is to serve in some way, your service will end up hurting them or, or annoying them at, at the most, you know? And and so, so how you spend your solitude is how you spend your life, really.
0: Well, and it kind of connects to this. The one thing that, the reminder that popped up for me was you really can't. So solitude can be a, a one person endeavor. But to really get that deep solitude, um, and this isn't my own, this is what from the reading, but in order to experience real solitude, you also need the community yeah, side yeah. of things. And in order to be like you're saying, really present to others or present to your community, you need this, uh, experience of solitude Yeah, and sort of the, the sort of cyclical, um, you know, interaction similar to the, you know, the, the plant yeah, uh, exactly. exchanging, but, uh, that was the thing that, that jumped out to me. And, and so you putting it, that idea of like how, how I'm, I am with myself is how i am with with those around me you know and and i can you know i can even see it in my life you know when i'm when when that internal critic is turned up loud in my own head about and when i say internal critic, i mean about myself right 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 i'm much more quick to snap at someone or judge someone or you know "Quote unquote," tell someone how I feel. Right, right. <laughs> but when I, when when I, when that inner critic is turned down, and I'm at peace with myself, and I can engage in solitude, and I can I can be present with myself. Yeah, I'm much. I'm a much better listener. Right, I'm much better to be like. Ask someone. Do you want me to listen, or are you are you looking for advice? Yeah, yeah. You know, right. I'm, I'm much uh, closer to have grace with someone. If they, if they quote unquote, do something that offends me, it's like, Man, right. you know, it happens, whatever. Um, and not in the sense of like letting people walk over us, but just really, truly, like it was an honest mistake. Like, right. you know, you can, we don't need to chew anyone out
1: in this moment. You can but, see multiple perspectives on yeah. things. And, yeah, for sure.
0: And so that's really beautiful. Like how, how we're able to spend time with ourselves is, is sort of that reflection of how we can spend yeah. it in community. Um, beautiful man yes, feels sir. good do, do you, is there anything sort of on your heart or or soul about this idea of silence or solitude that
1: yeah I would I would just again like you approach every other spiritual discipline is to do it with grace you know mm-hmm. and just grab those, those small moments uh, you know take many glances of the divine mm-hmm. all day long kind of thing it's a good approach to take uh, and so yeah yeah.
0: and just approach a day I think the thing I'm going to take away into the week is is a pro- whatever's going on on the outside of me whether there is silence and quiet or if there's noise and and talking just use it as uh have a listening heart yeah and just let let God come through in those in those instances um uh, you know when I'm present
1: yeah exactly it's <laughs> probably about
0: 11 percent of the time
1: <laughs> yeah who knows <laughs> uh cool man you feel good i do yeah the heat is rising today
0: yes 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 um so this will post later but i do want to say thank you to everyone that has uh, been a part of or contributed to the kickstarter uh, it's ending in about 18 19 hours from now yeah so just i'm hu- i'm hugely humbled yeah very grateful so thankful. For- everything that's uh, gone on. Um, We'll be doing an audio book. We hit that stretch goal. We're getting close to doing the uh, American Sign Language translation of it. So that might end up being a part of the project as well. But um, regardless, just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Of course, what you hear in the background is Monk drums. Thank you, Mr. Jacob Nedia for that. Uh, If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. Other episodes of this podcast, either wherever you found this one that you're listening to, or uh, drcrpod.com is the other place that you uh, can find those episodes. So uh, thank you for listening.